welcome to the How to Learn Anything course from Plato University, where you're going to learn the science-based tools of pro learners to accelerate your learning, remember more, and master any hard skills. These are the secret techniques they didn't tell you in school. If you're passionate about changing your life with learning, join us at Plato.University to get exclusive content with every lesson. I'm your learning guide, Brandon Stover, and let's get started. Okay, one of the most important things that you can do in creating your learning plan is scheduling when you're actually going to engage in your learning sessions. If you're anything like me, if it doesn't get put on the calendar, it usually doesn't get done. We have a million things in our lives that are trying to pull us in every which way and direction. And so without actually setting out some blocks of time for you to engage in your learning, it's very unlikely that you're going to take the amount of time that you need in order to fully master a skill. Now, what kind of time are we trying to schedule in? Well, what we're trying to do is set aside enough time in each one of our learning blocks so that we can engage in something called deep work. This concept of deep work was made popular by Cal Newport. Deep work is a period of intense focus. It's that hard and important intellectual work that we do during long, uninterrupted periods of time. It's a period where you have no distractions and you're concentrated on a task and you push your cognitive abilities to their limit. It's in direct opposition of shallow work. According to Cal Newport, shallow work is something that is not very demanding on our brains. It's the type of task you can do in a semi-distracted state, for example, organizing books or cleaning or washing the dishes. These are all examples of shallow work. It's less engaged, but when we're engaging in learning, we want to engage in that deep work. We have to set aside time in our schedule to allow room for that to actually happen. And there's two reasons why this is very important. The first is it's going to help you avoid procrastination. And the second, it's going to help you create good learning habits. So let's dive a little deeper into each one of those. Something that often blocks us from learning a skill or a concept that we want is procrastination, a failure to actually get started with learning. Instead of doing the thing that you're supposed to do, you work on something else or slack off. For some people, procrastination is the constant state of their lives running away from one task to another until deadlines force them to focus and then having to struggle to get the job done on time. Other people struggle with more acute forms of procrastination that manifest themselves with particular kinds of tasks. Now, why do we procrastinate? Well, the simple answer is at some level, there's a craving that drives you to do something else. There's an aversion to doing the task itself, or maybe both in some cases. And in order to stop this, you have to recognize when you're procrastinating, because oftentimes it's unconscious. You may be thinking that you're taking a much needed break or just having fun because life isn't all about work. The problem isn't necessarily those beliefs. The problem is when they're used to cover up the actual behavior. And you don't want to do the thing you need to do, either because you are directly averse to doing it or because there's something else that you want to do more. So being able to recognize this is the first step to avoiding it. However, some other things that you can do to avoid procrastination is one, to increase your motivation. So go back a couple lessons ago when we were explaining why we're engaging in our learning and remind yourself of why you wanted to learn this thing. Start tapping into both those internal and external motivators and that will help you get over the hump of procrastination. But the other thing that we can do, and that's what we're specifically focusing on here today, is actually scheduling out time for ourselves and setting up systems so that we avoid ever coming to procrastination in the first place. By having actual time set aside, there's not going to be something else that draws your attention. So you're less likely to procrastinate. Now, the second reason scheduling time is important is because it's going to create good learning habits. And this goes hand in hand with having self-discipline. 
Self-discipline is simply the ability to control yourself so that you can fight off temptations and in-the-moment distractions to reach your long-term goals. When you need to learn something for an important exam or solving a problem in your life, but you're tempted by family and friends to spend more time with them instead, self-discipline is what's going to help bring you back to the learning task at hand. And studies have actually shown that people who exhibit self-discipline are happier, healthier, wealthier, get in less trouble, and perform better on the tests of what they're learning. The sad truth is, is that self-discipline is a limited resource. There's no quick and easy way to increase it either, but we can set up some systems for ourselves to make it a lot easier. It turns out that a good way to become more disciplined is to take measures that reduce the need for self-discipline in the first place. It's a little like getting a vaccination to prevent disease instead of treating the disease. In other words, the key to self-discipline is to find ways to achieve your goals without relying on self-discipline. And we can do this in a few different ways. First, we can make it as easy as possible to make the right choices. So by scheduling our time, we're not going to have something else that says, hey, you actually should be doing this instead of learning. Setting aside time makes it an easy choice to engage in learning during that specific time we set aside. Additionally, when we go into setting up the optimal learning environment in the next lesson, you can remove distractions that would start to pull you away from your learning, as well as as building effective habits where you engage in the same type of boot up sequence or something else when you go to do a learning session. Now let's talk about how you should actually go about scheduling your time. From the research that Andrew Huberman from Stanford has uncovered about learning, There's solid evidence to show that 90 minutes is about the longest period we can expect to maintain intense focus and effort toward learning. So for about 90 minutes, we can engage in these deep work sessions. Of course, doing shorter amounts of time are fine, but after about 90 minutes, you're going to need to take a break, which we'll cover here in just a moment. And when you're doing these learning bouts, you want to space them two or three or more hours apart. And most people can't do more than 270 minutes of intense learning per day. So knowing this, we can start to formulate a schedule for ourselves in any given day of how we want to lay our our learning. We have these 90-minute blocks that we can place throughout our day. And remembering to put some time in between two to three hours between each one of these 90-minute blocks. So for example, you might have a 90-minute block in the morning and then a 90-minute block in the afternoon where you're focused deeply in your learning. And as the research suggests, Going beyond three blocks or 270 minutes, the effectiveness of your learning is going to decrease. So if you wanted to maximize the amount of time that you were learning in a single day, well then you might schedule three 90-minute blocks, all separated by two or three hours. So in our example, we might have a 90-minute block in the morning, a 90-minute block in the afternoon, and then a 90-minute block in the evening. Now having this break or rest period in between learning sessions is very important because your brain is actually working through the content that you just learned during these rest periods. See, when you have a too prolonged a focus, it doesn't give your brain enough time to offload the new material you're learning into long-term memory. So your studying becomes less effective. In addition, specific areas of the brain can tire when you use them for too long, something known as cognitive exhaustion. Now, even within your little 90-minute block of learning, you can actually break this down into even smaller chunks using something called the Pomodoro Technique, something we'll cover more in depth later in the course. But it's this idea of creating a session of about 25 minutes where you're focused intently on learning, and then you have a five-minute break. And short five to 10-minute breaks involving complete mental relaxation, so that means no internet, no texting, no reading, just kind of chilling and letting your brain rest for a second. This is the best for enhancing what you've already learned. 
because the new information can settle without interference. Now, breaks that involve something physical, like going for a walk, or just even getting up to get a glass of water, are a good idea as well. Part of the reason that breaks where you move around may be so valuable may simply be that you're not thinking so much. Another reason is that the movement and exercises themselves are helpful for the learning process. So now, we've broken down our day into having some 90-minute learning blocks in our schedule, and we can break down those 90-minute learning blocks into three Pomodoro cycles, where we're studying intently for 25 minutes, have a 5-minute break, and then continuing another two cycles to make up our full 90 minutes. Now, I'm just giving you an example based on the research of what may work best. Of course, you extending or shortening these amount of times to what works best for you is obviously encouraged. Just because you don't have 90 minutes to set aside doesn't mean I don't want you engaging in learning. If you only have 25 minutes, then you still want to use these concepts to understand you should have a focused amount of time that you're learning and then a short break to allow you to have a moment of rest. Now, interestingly enough, we could even break this down a little further if we want to get super detailed about this by inserting micro rests at random intervals. Now, this is a really non-obvious way to increase repetitions and learn faster. Some studies in humans have shown that when we are trying to learn something, if we pause every so often for 10 seconds and do nothing during the pause, neurons in the hippocampus and the cortex, areas involved with learning and memory, engage the same patterns of neural activity that occurred during the actual activity of reading, musical practice, skill training, or anything else that you're learning. Except this happens 10 times faster, meaning you get 10 times the neural repetitions completed during the pause. And these gap effects are similar to what happens in deep sleep. So the big takeaway with these micro rest intervals is to randomly introduce just 10 second pauses during your learning, maybe doing one pause every two to three minutes. Now, the other important part about scheduling is it's going to give you a defined end time for your learning session. And this is really important for your motivation during your learning, because if you start your day with learning and you say you have to learn for the next six to eight hours, or not even having any type of endpoint in mind, you're going to be very discouraged and unmotivated to actually want to engage in that. That's quite a slog to get through. However, if you tell yourself you're only going to be learning for the next 90 minutes, there's an end point and you're going to move on to something else, it allows for some more ease and ability of motivation to take you through those 90 minutes. So think about the skill or subject that you want to learn and the time that you have available in your daily life, in your weekly schedule, and figure out where you can start putting in some learning sessions. How much time are you willing to commit each day for learning? When are you going to block time to learn? This will help you to identify what your day-to-day in your learning cycle looks like. However, you also want to think about this on the macro scale. What is the length of time for your entire learning plan? Are you going to focus the next six months on learning how to code? By knowing this, you can start to work backwards, knowing that you want to learn a certain skill set Within the next six months, you can begin breaking that down by each month and each week, and you will see how many learning sessions you need to actually have learned coding by the end of those six months. Once you've identified the length of time for your learning plan, how much time you're willing to commit, and when in your schedule these learning sessions will be able to fit, (laughs) then the next step you need to do is actually put it in your calendar. Whether that's a paper calendar or you use something like Google Calendar, put it in there so it actually happens. And then the last step, and probably the most important, is do a pilot week and see how it goes. Is this actually jiving and working well with your schedule? Do you need more time or maybe less time? Figure out how it works for you and then adjust accordingly. Again, we want you to keep engaging and learning. So if you're making a schedule that you can't actually stick to, then adjust it as needed so that you can actually engage in these learning sessions. 
All right, for our activity today, what I want you to do is take some time to actually look at your schedule and see when you'll have time for learning. Begin to start to plan out some blocks for yourself, even for this course that we're taking right now, and begin to schedule that into your calendar. Thank you for taking the How to Learn Anything course. To get everything you need to become a pro learner, including advanced resources, personal coaching, and a community of passionate learners just like you, then visit plato.university slash courses slash learning and join us for free. Again, that's plato.university slash courses slash learning. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at plato.university.